you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Now, if I asked you to name the top person in your company, I'm sure you could think of at least one, maybe a handful of people if your company is a little bit larger, but there's always going to be one person that you think of when you think of the top. When I think of that question, one name comes to mind, and that is Tara LaMagna. She is a platinum director and a six-figure earner with Lemongrass Spa. She has grown a team of over 2,000 and has a leadership team of almost 70 women. And she is somebody that intentionally develops and leads leaders. And I was so excited to sit down and chat with her about how her direct sales journey has looked. And I hope that you will listen and take some advice and nuggets from Tara. She talks a lot about being consistent and showing up day after day, even when you don't feel like it. And so I know that if you take this advice to heart, if you are consistent and if you want it badly enough, you will find a way to make it work and you could be the next six-figure earner in your company. You never know, right? The sky is the limit. That is the beauty of direct sales. I hope you love this episode. Can't wait to hear what you think. Hey, Tara. Thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? I am doing very well. How are you? I am good. You are extra good because you're kids are in school. Yay. (laughs) Yay, It's huge. It's so good. Yes. Extra, extra good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lots of good moods. Lots of good vibes today. All right. So speaking of, tell us about your family. So I have two boys that are eight and 10 and um, they are amazing. And I have a husband who is a lineman who has a crazy schedule and gets called out all the time. And I work my lemongrass business. I say I like to, I say I work it part-time, but I get full-time pay. So part-time work for full-time pay. <laughs> I know. It's, it's amazing. And actually we have some things in common. So one is we gave birth on the same exact day, yep. <laughs> which is kind of fun. So we have that in common. Um, and then also our husbands are there, they do the same thing, which is really cool because there's, yeah. it's kind of a, it's not, super common to find other linemen and lineman wife. Yeah. <laughs> I will is. say that your husband seems to be a lot busier than mine. I went, okay, not, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, what are you talking about? But I feel like your husband, Dave is gone a lot more for like extended periods of time and doing storm damage control and all that kind of cool stuff. So I will say, I will say the one thing that describes what linemen do is it's just, it's unpredictable. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like Dave's is extra unpredictable and at a moment's notice, he can get a call and be in a different state, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, yep. He will get called to go out of state to help with a storm and be gone for who knows how long he doesn't ever really know when he leaves. So it could be like a week, two weeks. Um, I think the longest he's ever been away has been three weeks maybe, but yeah, it's very unpredictable. That's a great word to describe it. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, and I, I'm just thankful. And I, I think Dave, this describes him too, but I think I just, I'm so thankful that they love what they do. I think that's so important as we know, it's important to love what you're doing. And so, okay. So you have two boys, you have, you know, your husband works an unpredictable job. He could be gone for weeks at a time. So tell us about how you got into direct sales, because when you, before you started direct sales, you were working, was it two jobs, three jobs? You were working several jobs. So tell us about how, what you were doing before you got into direct sales. Yep. So actually 
I, my degree is in elementary education and special education. Um, but at the time we had just moved back to New York. We had lived in Colorado for a while, moved back to New York. I couldn't find a teaching job anywhere. So I was working for the Department of Labor at the unemployment office, which was just <laughs> full of joy and happiness. Oh, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah. So I was working at Department of Labor and I was also waitressing when I got out of work uh, just to help make ends meet. And at the time, the boys were two and newborn, like very newborn. Um, I was literally pumping on my way from working Department of Labor to waitressing. And then I wouldn't get home till like 10, 11 at night. And, you know, I would have a little bit of time like with the kids, like obviously with Tanner, who was newborn, I would nurse him at night, you know, when he woke up. But like, other than that, I really had very little time with my kids and I wouldn't work both jobs every day, but it was several times a week and it was just craziness. And I didn't love, we were talking about that, you know, you have to love what you do. And I didn't love any of that, <laughs> like none of it, you know, it was, um, I was just at the point where I was like, telling my coworkers at Department of Labor, because, you know, a state job is a really great job and a great benefits. And people are like, well, you know, once you work here for 30 years, you can retire and make all this money at retirement. And I'm like, I just don't want to invest 30 years here. Like, I don't want to do that, you know? Um, so it was never like a long-term plan for me, but, and I was miserable at the time, but I never thought of doing direct sales. Um, so yeah, direct sales for me was always like, absolutely not. I will never do that because my mom had done a million different direct sales companies growing up and she never really did anything with them. It was just like dabble here and there in them. And I didn't like the experiences that I had at direct sales parties when the consultants were being pushy and trying to make me buy things. And just like, I didn't like that feeling. So uh, my mom had been introduced to lemongrass spa products, started using the products, gave some to me, joined because she always is up for uh, an opportunity. <laughs> and, and then she said, you know, I would, I, I talked to her every day. So she would um, hear me and my frustrations about my current job and life, you know, and she said, you know, you should just join, you should just do it. And she told me that for like literally three months before I was like, okay, I'm at my wits end. It was, um, you know, busy during the holidays for waitressing, which meant more hours and more time away from the kids. And I was just like, okay, I might as well do it. I'm using the products. I'll just jump in and see what happens. And I was very skeptical. Like I was like, I'm going to do it just to prove to you that this stuff doesn't work. <laughs> like, like direct sales doesn't work. And, uh, so yeah, so I dove in, I got my kit, I brought it to the Department of Labor, I put it in, I literally just took my consultant kit, uh, you know, put it in the bag and put it in um, the staff lounge. And I just said, hey guys, um, I joined Lemongrass, it's like natural organic products, go ahead and try it like on your lunch break or whatever breaks you have, you know, you can try whatever you want. And at the end of the day, one of my coworkers came to my desk and she's like, hey, I love that stuff. Can I be your first host? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this is easier than I thought it was going to be. So I did my first party and, uh, for her and it, I spent two hours there as opposed to like a six hour waitressing shift, you know, and I walked out making more money than I would have made at the waitressing gig. And I also at that first party got my first recruit because I didn't even mention the business opportunity, but somebody was like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, I want to be a consultant. So I had to contact my upline and be like, Hey, um, how do I <laughs> sign somebody up? But it was like a huge success and, um, it was crazy. So <laughs> that's awesome. Now, how many, what year was that? When did you join lemongrass? Uh, 2013. So you started eight years ago and you, you know, started off small, you did a party, then had a recruit. Was it, you know, explosive growth from there or was it slow and steady or how was your journey? How did that go after, after you first joined? Yeah, that is a really great question. So I, it was, it was more slow and steady. So that first party was amazing. It was like, 
almost unbelievable at how successful that first party was. And then after that, it was slow growth in that, you know, I was doing a few parties a month. I was hitting our jump starts, you know, all the rewards you can earn when you first join. I was doing that, but it did take me a while to start really building my team and ramping up my business. And that was a struggle for me to see. I'm very competitive. And um, also I really just thrive. Like I just really want to be successful. So to see other consultants who started at the same time as me promote to director when I was not doing that. I got really frustrated and actually um, just a couple months before I promoted to director, I almost quit. I was like telling my mom, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, this is taking forever. I'm doing all the things and it's frustrating. It's not working. And uh, she said, well, you know, Tara, you've got a lot into this already. Why don't you give it just like two more months and see what happens? So I was like, okay, two more months whatever, I'll give it a go. And literally two months later, I promoted to director. And I just think back to that time because that like, if I had given up when it got tough and I didn't, you know, just, just keep on keeping on doing the little things that we know work over time. If I had given up, I would not be doing this as my full-time gig. You know, I would not have a team of 2000 people, you know, it, it, it just is crazy to me to think about what my life would be like if I would have given up at that time. Yay for moms. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And for your mom, yay Tara's mom. I know she's listening. I'm sure she is. Oh yeah. She totally is. Yep. And she's like, I told you, she's thinking, I told you so. I told you so. (laughs) And something very exciting about Tara's mom is that she is a newer director with our company. So she is, you know, doing the same things you probably told, you probably had the same pep talk with her. Like mom, just keep going. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that story. Okay. So the reason I had Tara on today is because she not only joined, you know, a direct sales company after, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. She joined, she gave it a try. She thought, wow, there's something to this. I'm making more money than I am at waitressing, you know, and for less time and less time away from my family, which was important, especially when you have such little kids and it's so hard to find childcare and coordinate that. So I asked her on because she not only did all of that, but she has now grown her organization. I say organization, not just team because her organization is huge. She now has 68 leaders as of this recording, and I'm sure more will follow in the months to come. (laughs) Well, not I'm sure more will follow in the months to come. So she has 68 leaders in her organization. She is our company's very first platinum director, which is the very top of our compensation plan. And I know that compensation plans can sometimes be very relative terms, but (laughs) platinum director is our very top. And she's also a six figure earner, which that is something that, you know, you hear of and you don't think it's possible, but there are six figure earners in our company and Tara is one of them. And so I knew even when I first started this podcast back in in the fall, I was like, okay, Tara is definitely on my list of people to have on as a guest because (laughs) her story is just so awesome. So inspiring because anybody can do this. She's not doing anything crazy, like crazy different than everybody else. She's just being consistent and being competitive with herself and with others and just doing the stuff every day. So, um, I wanted to have her on today to chat about her, about developing and leading leaders. And she's so great at that. So tell us at what point were you in your journey? Were you like, wow, this is, you know, you just said that you promoted to director after almost giving up. And that was that the point where you're like, okay, this is where I can make some really good money. Were you still working at the state department or had you quit by then? Yeah, that is a great question. So I first quit my waitressing job and I was like, okay, we're done with that. And then I actually was still pretty skeptical because I was like, and my husband said too, you know, he's like, well, we need to make sure like this is going to stick. Like you're going to continue to make this money and like before you quit your day job. So I gave it a year and then uh, my husband at that point was like, okay, just quit. You know, you can do this. And I was like, okay, um, not quite yet. I don't know if I feel super comfortable. So I think it actually was about a year and a half into it that I finally quit my day job. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do this thing. And, you know, it's crazy because like you said, I make six figures now. And it's, it's just so crazy because when I first even started, 
my career, like as a teacher, way back after college, you know, I was making 30,000 a year and putting a lot more work into it. And it's crazy that through direct sales, you can make a good chunk of change. And it's, you know, it's very doable. And like you said, it's just being consistent and doing the same things every day. And, you know, you see the, you see the success. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that is for your situation specifically is that you are still teaching, you're teaching others how to do what you're doing. And so that's really cool that it just all ties together, but you're making a much more substantial paycheck than <laughs> if you were, especially, could you imagine now you'd have to be doing all the, I mean, we're all virtual anyways, but you could be, you'd have to be coming up with like curriculums and, oh yeah, no, no, I, teachers are heroes, but I do not wish I was one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have these 68 leaders on your team. Tell us some of the things that you look for in a potential leader and how you lead your team of leaders. I am always, so like you said, I'm at the top of the comp plan. I've, I've hit platinum director, but I always go back to the director level and that I'm always looking to promote new directors who are direct to me. So I always look at who is, you know, really working the business or even who has a strong why and wants to eventually be making directors pay. And so I do identify those people on my team who either want to be a director and have shared that with me or who I see potential in. And I have an emerging leaders program that I do with them. And so I hand select a small group of them because I feel like a smaller group, it allows me to do more one-on-one -on -one work with them and to really just have it be more intimate, you know, with a smaller group of people. And I work with that group very closely. We, we meet every week as a group and they're able to work together and be accountability partners with each other. And I'm able to also train them on these are the steps that you need to take even before you become a leader so that you can have a strong team. And I always share with them, you know, it's not about how fast you go, but building that strong foundation, because that's what I did, you know, and I, so I set them up in that way that I'm training them to do all of the things that they should be doing as a director before they are a director. And, you know, out of the six people, I usually choose about six people each quarter to do this with. And out of the six people, not everybody becomes director, you know? So you have to keep that in mind, but it's usually like three out of the six, like half of them that do promote to director. Um, and yeah, just helping them to succeed and have those systems set up so that they can succeed before they even hit that title. Mm -hmm. And then they can be consistent in it, you know, and they don't have to, as long as I'm giving them the training and the systems to use before they hit director, then they become strong directors and they need less support from me going further. So going back to your point of like, you have 68 directors, how do you possibly <laughs> connect with them all and do all the things? Well, I don't need to because a lot of them, you know, I've raised my directors and grown my directors in a way so that they can grow their own teams and have their own directors. And uh, I still check in with them, of course, regularly. And we have coaching calls and things like that. But as long as you have those basic systems in place, you can, you can promote several directors at once and it's duplicatable. So other people can do it and they train their teams on it. So what are some of the systems that you give to your emerging directors? What do you tell them you know, to start working on, what do you guys work on in your emerging leaders group? If you don't mind sharing, it could be yeah, proprietary no. information, but <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, <laughs> yeah, right. It's totally fine. So we talk about communication, how they're going to communicate with their teams and the various ways to do that. And that may look different for one person to the next, you know, because like for me, I have a crazy schedule sometimes because of my husband's schedule. And so what I, how I communicate with my leaders or with my team members may look different than how you do it, Tiffany, or somebody else on my team does it. But that whole idea of communication, how you're going to communicate, how often and with who, and then um, team incentives, you know, how are you going, 
of course, they don't have to provide team incentives, but a little carrot is always fun for everyone. So we talk about team incentives and how to do that in a variety of ways, even ways that don't cost you money, you know, if you don't have that money to spare. And then a system for welcoming new team members and a system for supporting your strong team members or business builders. And then an emerging leaders program for them as well. Those are like the main things. Communication is always key, as we know, with any kind of business, whether it's direct sales or not. And the incentives help. And then um, communication is like a huge umbrella that has a bunch of little things underneath it. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, having systems to welcome new consultants and also to keep ways to keep their personal business strong because I feel like a lot of times when leaders promote they're like okay I'm going to focus on my team and helping them and then they totally forget about their personal business which is huge mm -hmm. so that is one thing I touch on at the very beginning of the emerging leaders training is like okay before you even think about leadership you need to make sure you have a strong personal business with parties every month and new recruits always before you, you know, go to, you know, you start helping others with that. Yeah. You can't promote to director and then just coast because then you'll be back to square one before you know it. And so having that personal business is super important because you always, always, I'm always telling my girls, and I probably heard from you or from somebody in a training or something, you always, and this is not to sound harsh, but you you always need to replace your team. You are always looking to replace your team, not because you don't love them because you do, but because you need to keep duplicating that momentum and that volume. And because you're going to have hopefully leaders breaking off into their own teams, and then you're going to be, whoa, you know, all the, the rugs going to be pulled out from underneath you. I know sometimes they recommend, they recommend a certain percentage of personal business and team business. What would you say is yours? I mean, obviously you're, you're, picture is a little bit different because you have such a large organization, but what is your percentage of personal business versus your, you know, your leaders in working with your organization leaders? Yeah, that is a great question. And I think sometimes it varies because it depends on like, if I'm already, if I have a lot of customers that are like wanting to host and like reorders, it's just a great month, you know, for my personal business, then maybe I don't have to spend as much time on that. But at my level, I would say now I probably, it's probably like, a 60 40 split with 60 being my team and 40 being my personal business. Normally that's like, I think they say what, like 80, 20 or something. And it's supposed to be 80% your personal and 20% your team. So yeah, I just, you know, I do a lot for my team, but that being said with the 60, 40 split, like I, I am successful right now in both my personal and my team business so that I can, so I can keep that 60, 40 and be okay. Whereas some people, if you don't have a good customer base built up already, then, you know, then maybe 80, 20 looks better. And the other thing I will say about that is that if I have several of my top customers join my team in a month, then that personal business percentage increases and then it maybe is 80-20 because I have to rebuild that. But I always try to have a large customer base so that even if like five of my customers join my team, actually that happened this month, but even if five of my best customers join my team, I still have a big enough customer base that it's okay. And I still have a great personal business going, you know? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you will often have team or sorry, you'll often have customers join your team. So tell us a little bit about your recruiting experience and how, you know, your recruiting strategy, like what is your, what is your recruiting mindset? Tell us about how you recruit people to your own personal team. Attraction marketing is huge, of course, especially now when so many people are on social media, but I really just I, I'm a firm believer because I've seen it happen. It happens to me all the time in just sharing my lemongrass life. Like what does my life look like on an average day, an average day for Tara, you know, and I train my new recruits to do the same thing. Share what you do. Like people want to know what you ate for breakfast. They want to know what face care products you use in the morning, you know, simple things like that. And 
planting those seeds like through your Facebook stories or posts on your timeline or Instagram, whatever, they add up and these people that are your Facebook friends are seeing these images and they're seeing your life and they're seeing your successes, you know, and because they're seeing that, they're interested in joining. And oftentimes people will come to me and say, hey, I want to join your team. And that is actually um, how a lot of them <laughs> join my team. But I also compliment and I, I compliment my hosts and my customers who are already sharing the products. They're already doing my job and they could be getting paid for it and they're not, you know, and a lot of people don't realize sometimes that they're missing out when they're, when they're like sending me a, just boatloads of their friends to order. I'm like, well, that's great. Awesome. But also if you want to make some money, you can do this, you know, and you would rock at it. So it's just sharing like what I see in them and their potential. So just having a conversation with people, you know, naturally, like when I first started, as far as recruiting went, there was so much pressure and I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to try to get these people to join my team. And there was something that was shared with me by a trainer once. And that was that if you were at a restaurant and the waitress didn't offer you dessert, would you be upset? And she was like, I really like dessert. So if, if somebody didn't offer me dessert, I'd be really upset. So the same thing goes with the business opportunity. Like if you don't share the business opportunity with people, then they are missing out. And I went back to the idea of like where we started, you know, with if my mom hadn't bugged me for three months to say, hey, Tara, do this, try this thing. And if she didn't do that, then I would not be where I'm at today. And it seriously gives me goosebumps just to think about because I'm like, honestly, if I don't share the opportunity with these people, then they could potentially be missing out on this amazing opportunity that could be life-changing for them in so many ways. So when I changed that mindset of it's not about me, it's not about me and the fear that I have to share it with them, it's about them and what they're missing out on if they don't hear the opportunity, you know? So when I changed that mindset, that was huge. And I think that is what made a big difference in me growing my team because the, the stress and anxiety about trying to grow my team went out the window and I was happy to share it because I didn't want people to miss out. Mm -hmm. Something that I've heard you talk about before that I would love to hear about this cool method that anybody, literally anybody could do is you have mentioned before that when you have any kind of recruiting conversation with anybody, you write their name down in a notebook. So tell us about that notebook system that you use with your personal recruiting. Yeah, that is, it's something I learned, something I started, I don't know even where I learned it, but yeah, just having a list always of any person that has ever expressed interest, ever asked you a question about what you do as a consultant, um, anyone that you've ever thought of that would be great at it and you planted a seed at some point, always keeping them on the list and never ever taking them off until they join your team. And the reason for that is I don't, I can't tell you the number of times that people have said they wanted to join or mention it. I've had, you know, these conversations with these people and then, you know, I don't hear from them for six months or something. And then all of a sudden they join my team or one of my top directors right now, she, it took her two years before she joined my team. I mean, this happens all the time is that people take forever, like me, these stubborn people who are like, you know, maybe, maybe sometime, but not right now. And so this list, you know, they say that everyone has a major life change every six months. So because of that, maybe right now isn't great for somebody to join, even though they've thought about it. But six months from now, when you go back to them with that join special that just, you know, your company just shared, or maybe you're just thinking of them, when you go back to them, maybe then it's time for them. So I am a firm believer in that list because there are so many people who have joined my team who have been on that list. And it's 
absolutely crazy. And most of them that have made it to that list have joined my team at some point or another. And the other thing too is people watch you. They watch to see if you're going to stick with it, if you're going to succeed, you know, and so as they watch you, they get more and more convinced of, hey, I could do this. Like, you know, I, I could be successful just like Tara is. And so eventually, you know, maybe that's all they need to decide they'll go for it, you know, or maybe it is the joint special that pushes them over the edge and it's like, okay, for 50 bucks, I'll do it this month, you know? <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit more about your, your weekly work routine. I mean, maybe not like everything that you do, but I know that you have certain things that you do every single week that help keep you consistent and consistency is just is probably the biggest keyword that anyone could ever take away from doing, from running their own direct sales business consistency. If nothing else, just be consistent at something. So tell us some of the consistent things that you do each week to work your business, um, personal business and your team business. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency is key. And I am a huge believer in either making a list of the things that you will do each week. If you have a crazy schedule that changes all the time, or if you don't have a crazy schedule that changes, you know, map it out so that you know what, what day you're doing what things. Um, for example, I post on my team page and my VIP groups and things like that every single day, multiple times a day. But one thing that I do every week is for my team, I do tip Tuesday with Tara because I like alliteration, but also it's a great time for me to just pop on for 10 minutes. Literally it's 10 minutes and I just share a tip that's working or beneficial to their business. Um, and then I also have bi-weekly team mastermind calls and Q&A calls, I call them. So it's a little bit more laid back and people can just come on, share their woohoos of the week, and then also a challenge. And we kind of brainstorm or share things that have worked for us. And I do the same thing, same type of call with my leadership team. And we do that bi-weekly as well. I have tried, and this is another thing that you know, it, it's totally up to you and how your team works, but I have tried the weekly, I've tried monthly, just once a month calls, but bi-weekly seems to be the sweet spot in which I can maintain communication with my team, but it's not too regular where people are like, okay, I don't really have anything new to share this week, but so bi-weekly works for that. I do, I have my weekly coaching calls and the way that I share my coaching call time slots with my core team is I just do a post in my team page and I share, this is what my schedule looks like this week, you know, um, comment with a time that works for you. And that has been really great because they're able to just hop on whenever and they know like this is the times Tara has available. And so I'll make my schedule, make it match accordingly um, so that it's less about going back and forth of to as to what time would work best for both of us. <laughs> so yeah, so coaching calls, my lives. Um, aside from that, like for my VIP group, I have theme days, you know, um, testimonial Tuesday, wellness Wednesday, um, freebie Friday, kind of things like that, that I always do. And um, my host coaching, I've been doing mega parties where I do just one party for the whole month, which has been a game changing as far as opening up my time because I only have one week that I do a party for. And I've been scheduling those for the first week in the month so that they're out of the way. I have my volume in and the rest of the month I can focus on my team and things. So that's part of the reason I said 60, 40 before, because, because now I spend really only like 40% of my time on my personal business. Cause I really just work it hard that first week. And then the, the rest of the three weeks I'm focusing on team stuff or, you know, booking parties for the following month, things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's huge because like you said, you're getting your, your own personal goals are being hit so early in the month. That's not down to the wire. I mean, we all get months like that where it's down to the wire and you aren't worrying about that because yeah, the last day of the month is always so crazy. And you are, I'm sure you are. Cause I know I do, you get questions and I'm so happy to answer them. But if you're worrying about your own your own personal business that day. And it's, you know, 9 PM and you're like, Ooh, I'm waiting for a hostess to message me back her <laughs> order. And like, uh, then I have this other person who has never entered a party order and they don't know what they're doing. And so I'm trying to walk them through. And then, you know, so you are making sure that you're covering yourself and you're getting your out yeah. of the way. And that way you can focus on your team and helping them because that's our job as leaders is to help our team. 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that is, it's such a great plan to have that like last few days of the month off and not have anything to worry about for your personal biz because <laughs> I always close my parties. If I were to have a random hostess say, hey, I know I missed your mega party, but I want to get in your calendar this month. Okay, that's fine. But we're still closing your party <laughs> a few days before the end of the month so that I can focus on my team and answering all the questions that they have. Yes, especially when the last day of the month ends on a weekend or lands on a weekend lands on a holiday yeah. or a weekend holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, like, yeah, it needs to, everything needs to be done by <laughs> at least a week ahead of time on those months because it just gets a little hectic. Yeah. It's like that concept, like when you're um, flying, which I don't think anybody's done recently, but when you're flying and they say, put your oxygen mask on first, that's your personal business and then take care of your team. So for a new year, I know many people listening probably have a goal on their vision board or in their minds or written down or anywhere that they put their goals. P.S. You should put your goals where you can see them, right? Write down your goals, put them where you can see them and work towards those goals. But I know many people I'm sure have on their goal list for this year that they want to either promote to a leadership position or promote, promote to a higher leadership position. What is some advice that you have for those people who are wanting to work towards a leadership position and they don't know what to do? They don't know where to start. What is your advice for them? That is an excellent question. So I would definitely say mapping out what it is that you need to do to get to that title. I always have a copy of the comp plan that I keep on hand, but as I was moving up in titles, I would always highlight the next step in the comp plan. And I would literally write down what I needed to do for that level. Like if I needed three leaders, then I would write three lines, I would draw three lines and I would insert the names of those three leaders as I promoted them. Um, kind of like a fill in the blank kind of thing. But I'm a firm believer in visualizing what I want to see happen. And also, I always have a vision board. I, I always have it um, actually as my um, wallpaper on my computer because I look at that every single day. And I also believe in writing it down because when we see it, write it, it usually happens. But really tracking what you're doing and being very intentional about what it is that you need to focus on. So I always say to my leaders who are looking to promote, okay, so if you want to promote to director, you need to have strong personal sales, you need to have three personal recruits, and um, you also need to have $4,000 in team sales. So when I'm looking at that with them, if they're strong in their personal sales and they need team sales, then their goal and their focus should be more on recruiting than anything else. So really pinpointing the areas that may be a weakness for you and really focusing on those things and strengthening those areas while you also work on the others, but really just strengthen those areas that you struggle with first and writing it down and breaking it down so that you know, okay, to promote to this level, I need to do this a month. And to do that a month, I need to do this amount of sales a week or a day and to really just track it and make sure that you are being consistent and doing what you need to do in order to hit those minimums, you know? Um, so really, I think just visualizing and making a plan is the most important thing. Not everybody has, you know, a fantastic leader like you, Tara. So sometimes it is hard to kind of get that personal motivation, but every company, if they're any good, is going to have some kind of leadership training or coaching available with somebody, or, I mean, even it doesn't have to be your direct upline leader. You can contact another leader and, you know, in your company, if you feel comfortable doing that and saying, Hey, can you tell me how you did this? Because I, you know, I've admired your path, you know, tell me how, like, what do I need to do to become a leader? And so it's sometimes people will say like, well, I can't promote because, you know, my team doesn't do much. And you just have to, you have to make it happen, you know, and it, there's so many tools that we can take advantage of that, you know, will help that, but you have to have that personal inward motivation or else it won't happen either. So. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing too, that I'll mention is having an accountability partner. Like I have, I always suggest to my team to have an accountability partner, whether it's someone else on our team or outside of our team is even better because my team hears from me. They hear from other people on our team within our team. And sometimes, you know, they hear a lot of the same stuff because I train them and 
they, we all learn the same thing. Whereas if they have an accountability partner from a different, you know, a different consultant on a different team within the company or even within a different company altogether, they get some new fresh ideas and that accountability partner is somebody that they can check in with regularly, like literally weekly via text or a phone call, you know, a quick phone call, whatever. And that really helps to motivate them. That is something that so many people on my team, um, you know, take advantage of and they see success because of it, you know, just because they have this other person that's working towards a goal and they have somebody that they're going to have to say like, well, this is what I worked on this week and just showing up for your business. So many times people are like, I'm going to work my business really hard this week. Oh, but next week I have all this stuff going on. So I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to pick it back up. But it goes back to that consistency and the showing up. And like you said, no excuses. There are so many excuses that we can make. You know, we all have the same number of hours in the day. One of my top, um, my top team members right now in personal sales, she's a teacher. Like she's a teacher and she is constantly going and she makes the time to work her business and crush it because it means something to her. And that's something that I shared too is like, you know, having a why that's so powerful that it pushes you and you want it so bad. What is that quote? Um, when you want it as bad as you want to breathe, you will be successful. Mm -hmm. That is a huge quote for me because like, just take a second and hold your breath. And like when you can't hold your breath any longer and you want to gasp for air, it's like, wow, okay, so that, that right there is the amount that I need to want this. So make sure that you have a why that's, that's very powerful to propel you through those hard times and make you want to show up every day. Mm -hmm. So what is some advice? I know that you've talked about this before in different trainings and, and talks and things, um, you know, how you kind of get over that you know, stay in your own lane type mentality where, you know, you're looking over and you're like, okay, but they're, you know, they promoted within six months of joining and now they're, you know, so tell us what, how you had had to get over that at the beginning in seeing other people and like, well, they're doing that. I need to do that too. And I know that you're competitive and it happened for you, but sometimes we get so wrapped up and okay, well, they're doing that. So I should be doing that too. So tell us some advice on how to get out of that mindset. Yeah, so I, it is so hard to just stay in your own lane and to keep the blinders on basically. But I think for me, what was helpful is to know that, you know, everyone has a different, different life. Everyone has a different schedule and routine. And so maybe somebody else has a lot more time than I do to do a certain thing. So yeah, they're going to promote quicker, you know, and that's okay. And knowing that Another thing that I noticed along the way is that some of the people that promoted really quickly and, you know, way before I did, they aren't even with a company anymore because they did it so fast that they couldn't keep up with it. And I think that for me, that was a huge um, change in my mindset because I was like, okay, so yeah, so maybe I don't want to be like them. Maybe I just want to be like me and I want to be able to sustain this and make it be something that lasts years and years and years versus just, oh, I crushed it for a year and now I'm done. You know, a lot of people get worn out when they're going, going, going and only focusing on that. They don't have that work-life balance that they need to have. And because of that, they quit, you know, and I've seen that so many times within my team, within the company, within other companies, you know, people do that all the time where they're just they go too hard and at some point it, it collapses, you know? So I think it is all about slow and steady and just focusing on the next step, on the next little step and just keep doing that. Keep focusing on the next thing versus, you know, looking out into the distance way, you know, way in advance or, you know, long-term down the road. We're, you do need to do that, but like, you shouldn't be doing that every day. You know, like you should only be looking at the next step and not looking at everybody else because everybody else is on their own path and um, you'll do it in your own time. So mm -hmm. that is so easy to do, Ugh, especially with social media. Oh, it's, it's something that everybody struggles with is looking at other people and what they're doing and what their life looks like. And if we only knew, you know, there's always more to the story for sure.
it's like the highlight reel. Like you only see the highlights and the same thing. Like, you know, before I shared my story, I shared that story about how I've almost given up like so many times and people are like, wow, Tara, I had no idea that you did all that. People don't see the hard days. They don't see, you know, the struggles and the comparisons that you're, you know, that you, that you have going through your head. Like they don't see that. They only see the good. And so like, if you see somebody crushing it, have no idea like you said you have no idea what their actual life is like or how they're feeling you know or maybe that wasn't even a goal of theirs maybe their goal was over here and they hit this goal and it looks that goal looks great too to everybody else but like they really still you know have these other goals they didn't crush you know you just don't know Mm -hmm. that's right and I know that we hear that a lot but just anyone listening please keep in mind that you are just seeing a highlight reel on social media and so keep that in your mind don't let that stop you from, you know, well, I'm not, I can't do it as fast as them, or I can't do it as well as them. Just do your thing. And another thing too, about direct sales is that we really have to, you know, you're, you're going to be successful when you realize that you are your brand and you're not you, I mean, yes, you're selling your company's products, but you're not just selling your company's products. You are, and you're not selling yourself because that sounds weird, but you are, um, you are your own brand and you are there to, show the world who you are and the world, you know, the world needs you. And that's why you're here, you know? And so just when you remember that you are your own brand, you are creating that you are creating a community for your customers. You're creating, um, a culture for your leaders. Just focus on that and just let yourself shine through because people love you for you and not, not just because of your products. They love your product. It's so that's kind of like the side benefit. <laughs> they get you, yeah. plus they get awesome products. <laughs> Yep, exactly. They could go to anyone, but they choose you. Why do they choose you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us, um, I have one, one more question for you. Tell us some of the, you know, because you had mentioned, you know, finding trainings or accountability partners outside of your own company. I think that is really important to do. What are some coaches or mentors or authors or experts? Who are some of the people that you like to follow and that you have learned from in the past? That is an excellent question. So I have a a very short attention span. So I like to like pop around to different coaches constantly and like trainers because I feel like we can get, you know, we can learn different things from different people. So right now I'm loving Trey Bearer, who is like not very, not as well known, I should say, but um, he also, to some people, he's too much, but to me, I really, really enjoy him. Um, so Trey Bear, um, Lindsay Tompkins, but she, I don't know that she's still doing um, specific social media training, but she definitely has some trainings out there that you can still access that are really great. Um, Becky Spieth was one of the ones that I started with, like, in, back in my early days of leadership that really helped me build and build my systems. And then I always, right now, I'm like just really into different listening to podcasts, which is great for you, Tiffany. (laughs) But, But yeah, like podcasts are huge because they're free for the most part. And there are so many out there that are really good. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is, he doesn't even do like MLM or direct sales, you know, but, um, he is like just so, he's just so good at, um, giving business tips and like motivational, you know, just helping you to propel yourself forward and make yourself better as a human in general. Um, so I really like him too. And then, um, Shailene Johnson is really good and she does a podcast now with her son Brock. And that one is really good. Most of these trainers that I'm mentioning have their own podcasts. And so that's where I would definitely, um, suggest starting. And I love podcasts too, because I just listen to them while I'm folding laundry. Most, probably a lot of you listeners right now are folding your laundry (laughs) or doing housework, but that's what I do. Um, or, you know, driving the kids to school and things like that. But, um, I absolutely, um, love the podcast because they're short, quick and sweet. And usually I get some great gold nuggets that I can share with my team. Oh, another one is, um, social swagger is the podcast name. And I can't remember the, there's two women who, um, run that one. And that one is really good too. That's a newer one that one of my team members shared with me. And I've gotten a lot of golden nuggets from them. 
I'm going to have to tune into that one. Cause I love, of course I love podcasts too. (laughs) I'm obsessed. (laughs) Like you said, there's something that you can, you're not sitting there watching a webinar, you know, they're not, it's not something that you have to pay for. It's, it's just like, like you said, just like little nuggets that you can pick from these trainers and these podcasts and these, you, you know, these, these people who have gone on before and have done great things that you can take advice from. And, and it is really good to have a really wide range, I think of, of people that you pay attention to because because we're going to find different ways to do things from these people. So always a great thing. Yep. Absolutely. So what would you say is next for you? Because I mean, you're at the top of the compensation plan, you know, you keep, you just keep building your business as if you're starting from the beginning, but what is, what do you see? What do you see yourself doing in five years? That is a great question. So I'm actually, now that my kids are back in school and I have my life back a little bit, um, and I do have a really great handle on my team and my personal business, I'm actually going to begin um, training and offering coaching um, to leaders and, you know, across all companies, not just Lemongrass, but um, I really want to share what I have learned with more than just my team, you know, and I want to help more people be successful in their businesses and be able to realize their dreams just like I did. So that is next on my to-do list. <laughs> wow. I am so excited for you. That's like, I cannot wait to watch that journey unfold. I will definitely yeah. have a front row seat for that because you have built this amazing organization. It's not accidental. It is very intentional. And I know that you know, you have so much value to offer for other developing leaders. And I can't wait to see how that goes. Yay. That's awesome. Well, thanks again so much for being a guest today. It was wonderful talking with you and I am thrilled for all of your success and can't wait to see what the future holds for you. So thanks so much, Tara, for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing, if you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at directlydifferent at gmail.com and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks guys.